right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> Meanwhile, how you doing? 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 All right, let's do it. Go. Welcome to Mike and Joe's Flicks of the Week. I am Joe Spiegel. Mike Sutherland. How's it going? Good. How are you? All right. Uh, you know what? I'm doing good because I got a movie to talk about. Oh, it's <laughs> like a I cheesy would hope intro, so. right? <laughs> uh, yeah. My flick of the week is going to be the. Uh, uh, I don't think it's a Netflix original. It's not a Netflix original. Anyway, it's a documentary. It's a documentary called Man vs. Snake. And yours is? Electrolux. Electrolux. Sounds like a... I yeah, don't know, like they a, have um they have the extra movie channels on DirecTV right now, so that the Sony movie channel and oh, whatever else. Yeah. And uh, they're showing some really cool shit, like the Burbs. Yeah. And whatever else. Movies that I wanted to watch. That I'm glad I recorded the Burbs. Yeah. But things that you haven't seen in a while. Yeah. And, and it's all movies... That are owned by Sony. You know what I found with my on de- my uh, my uh, on demand with Infinity or Xfinity? Sorry, is that you can find almost every movie that exists on there, but most of them, the majority of them, you either have to have a subscription to that channel to right. watch it, or you have to rent it or buy it. Right. And I'm sorry, I don't care how bad I want to see a movie, I'm not going to pay four bucks to rent it for whatever limited amount of time they're going to let me have it. Yep. I'm just I'm sorry, I can't I can't do it. I can't do it. You know, and I, if I'm gonna buy it, I'm gonna buy it physically. I'm not gonna buy it streamly. Can't can't do it. I I, I just said that word. I'm gonna streamly. buy it streamly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna buy it streamly. So yeah, nice. uh, but yeah, I, um, there you fuck man. I, I every time I look for a movie, I uh, if I don't find it on Netflix or Hulu, I look for it on my my uh, on demand, and I can usually find it on there, like Basket Case or something. But then I have I don't have that fucking channel. I can't, so I can't watch it without paying for it. <laughs> Pisses me off, you know. Because if only there were some way. If there were older fucking movies, I know I, I don't like doing shit that way though. Because for me, I'm not lucky with that shit. It seems for me it That's takes forever. You're fucking technically inept. Exactly, and also I just yeah, and so then I spend all this time trying to find it, and then I can't get it to work right. It, I'm just like, fucking, why don't I even try? Because you're technically fucking inept. There we go, round two. So <laughs> I can't disagree with that, man. I can't. You know, I know a little bit, but not enough. Not enough. Yeah, <laughs> just one calorie. Not evil enough. Um, <laughs> but it, to me, it would make more sense. Like, if you have these older movies, like say cult movies and stuff like that, like say Basket Case or whatever, wouldn't it be Hammer smarter? Films. If I'm someone that runs this place, I'm, I, if I ran Xfinity or whatever, wouldn't it be in my best interest? Wouldn't people be more likely to rent more movies if they were cheaper on there? Because I'll tell you what, if they had movies like Basket Case and stuff like that for $1 to $2, I'd fucking rent them all the time. Holy shit. But them charging me $4 or more, I don't want to, I'm not renting anything. Nothing. It's the almighty dollar, my friend. You know? And look, like when you go to a hotel and they want like 20 bucks for you to watch some movie that's been on video for two years now. Yeah. Okay. I I don't know why they do that because to me, it sounds like they're pricing themselves out of a, a market they could be making a lot of money off of. They are. You know, I same thing with movie theaters, money, uh, you know, with, the, with with popcorn and all that shit. I would spend money there. I would buy their fucking products if they'd lower their prices, but they, they don't. don't. Yeah, they don't. They don't give a shit. They're, they're honey badgers. Everyone's fucking honey badgers now. They don't give a shit. Yep. So whatever. Just if, if anyone's listening, start paying attention. You're pricing yourselves out. Hmm. Fucking lower your prices and I will spend money on you. Do it. I'm there. Yep. All right. So 
um, I was in a video game type mood. So I was looking through on my Netflix queue, or not Netflix queue, but actually just on Netflix. I was looking through um, video game related stuff because, you know, I like the Atari game over and video games in the movie. Not great movies, but they had moments that, you know, especially when they bring up the nostalgia of, you know, being younger and, and uh, you know, love for video games at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Which I still have a love for video games, but it's different. It's not like it used to be, you know. it You, you are right. I, I'm not going to get into that argument again about how everything's the same anymore, but because you're, but you are mostly right on that. It, it, there's, the more you see games, there's something about the majority of them where it's just the same shit over and over again. Yeah. With a different color scheme or something. I, you know, look at all the Call of Duty games. Holy fuck, dude. It's the same shit every year because, there, I'm not. Like, I, I know I don't. I, I'm getting into this fucking weird over ranty mode of talk, 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 talk. But it, it's like to me, I'm starting to see this whole big picture of how everything is connected to everything. It's like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of shit. And I see how this is connected because of this and because of that. And 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 you know, our competitive marketing system, it, our competitive uh, you know mon- monetary system, corporatism, whatever the fuck you want to call it. All these companies wanting to be competitive with each other is hurting product because of it quality of product look at when when call of duty games first came out they were fucking good and they were interesting and now because they want to be competitive and they keep pumping out a new game every fucking year and i know look i know they've been working on multiple games over the years right so that they can keep making a new have a new release every year i I get it right they're not just doing one thing at a time I, i understand that but still you're still stretching your shit out okay infinite warfare is coming out this year then what's going to come out fucking next year galaxial warfare Stop trying so hard to be competitive. Galaxial warfare. Whatever. You see what I mean? Whatever the fuck it is, you know? They can't go any farther. Yeah. They've done... He's pulled over already. He can't go over any farther. It's infinite. Yeah. You can't go like infinite plus one. I mean, they already got their fucking characters jumping with booster packs and shit and laser beams. It's like, fuck, dude. Slow down. You know what they ought to do? What? They ought to come out with a G.I. Joe version mm. of chem- of Call of Duty yeah. with the laser rifles. That would be fucking cool. So you could play Cobra or you could play G.I. <laughs> Joe. Cobra! Yeah, exactly. And then you can fucking, you know, fight for the weather dominator. Yeah. So, see? Because like, like how they did uh, Star Wars Battlefront? Yeah. Kind of like it, yeah. Well, what they should... You know what they should do with Star Wars Battlefront? What? They should actually turn Star Wars Battlefront into an MMO. Yeah. And... You pick one of one or the other side, and you are either you know you you're rebel, yeah, or you're imperial, yeah. This is how the game should start off, and you can fly X wings or whatever else, or Tie fighters. What if you? What if the, they have a third option of freelance? No, 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 no. Hold on, stop. You are imperial or rebel. That's mm-hmm. how the game starts. Okay. And then you you take place in battles, mm-hmm. you know, and your character kind of like kind of like World of Warcraft. You still get your missions. You still get this and that and the other thing. Okay? Yeah. But you're fighting a battle. Mm. It's the Galactic Civil War. That's where it's ta- that's where it takes place between Episode Four or Rogue One and uh, Episode Six. Yeah. Or, because you're not doing seven yet. Okay. And then for an expansion pack, you add in smugglers and bounty hunters. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So now you can play as Han Solo type or as a Boba Fett type or yeah. whatever, and then you can go on you can go on these other missions as a bounty hunter or as a smuggler. You know, yeah. you 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 can fly for Jabba the Hutt. You can fly for this and that. But it's still the Star Wars Battlefront type game, mm-hmm. you know, where if you land, if you land your ship in a fucking in a battle zone, you are going to be involved in that fight. Yeah, you know, or vice versa. But you and and the other thing is, is that you can do these player versus environment missions. Yeah, 
right? So it's it's still a PvP, but it's it ends up being PvE to build up your character. Yeah. So from level one through, let's say level one through level 20, you're building your character up before you can start into the whole galactic civil war. Yeah. You know, as a bounty hunter or a smuggler. Yeah. I, I, I know I was going into a rant with, with this whole thing, but I just, I see the quality of things. That's why my love for video games isn't like it used to be. It's because my love for video games still remains. It's just classic video games. Yeah, the more yeah, th- that's what it that's is. That's why we do Joe's versus. You know, that's why I'm going to buy that retro Nintendo system when it comes out, it's, or when I mean, I'm sorry, when it's more mass available, w- when it's available. Yeah, um, because I like that whole retro. thing. It's been out for two weeks. Yeah, so I I just this is the problem with 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 our market is that it's the com- the competition cuts through quality and in I'm, some cases and i don't like to spend money on this shit anymore because of it i just i just don't right um you know either it's just gonna end up dying off or they're gonna have to change i i don't fucking know i you know what but regardless i came across a documentary called man versus snake and I, at first i didn't i, I saw it a, a bunch of times for a few weeks without you know i saw the title and the, and the little poster for it and i i didn't i didn't grab onto it i didn't even read what it was about and then I decided finally one day I was like I was really into a video game mood, so I looked I looked at it, read the synopsis, and I saw the picture of the of the, you know the, the main poster of it, and I see that there was this video game character that I I don't recall at all, and it was on an old console, and the game's called Nibbler, and I I to the dude I'm 39 years old, I grew up in the 80s, I went to arcades, and I don't ever remember seeing Nibbler. I'm not saying it, it, it's a lie, I'm not. I just don't remember it at all, and. But apparently, it's there's a reason for it. A lot of people hated Nibbler. If you go to Billy Mitchell, who does show up in this mo- in this documentary, Billy Mitchell is the guy that has the highest record. He's like the champion of Donkey Kong. You know, he was portrayed, I believe, by uh, Peter Dinklage in uh, Pixels. Right. Um, but in, <laughs> anyway. Um, what I do like about Billy Mitchell in this movie when he does show up is he, you know, I, I was always told that he's been a dick. I think you told me he's a dick. Yes. But in this movie, he doesn't come off like a dick at all. So I'm glad for that. But this movie is about a guy named Tim McVeigh, not to be confused with the fucking Oklahoma City guy. Um, By the t- way, there was another version of, there was a, a version of Nibbler that's available for like the the PC. Uh-huh. I think it's the PC. It's just called Snake. Okay. So we're actually watching uh, the Nibbler arcade game. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that I knew exactly what the the game was. Yeah, and it's just, just to make sure that when I said when I said what I said, which is Snake. Yeah. You know, basically the idea behind Snake is don't eat your own tail or don't yeah. touch your own body. Like Tron, it's kind of like Tron bikes. Kind of, yeah, yeah. But for the um. For the PC version, if you want to call it that, because I don't know if it was available on the Mac or not, uh-huh. um, the the difference is between this one, the 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 arcade game, and mm. the 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 PC game, yeah. is you chased a dot around, yeah. Versus with the arcade game, you you it's like Pac Man. Yeah, the screen looks like Pac Man, just with a giant snake instead of ghosts and Pac Man. Right. But yeah, the snake gets longer with each thing that it eats, which is usually a piece of fruit or something or a gem. Right. And you've got to go completely around the screen without running into your shit. The cool thing about this game is that you can keep building up live extra lives. So in the earlier levels, you can build up a shitload of extra lives if you're really good at the game. Right. And that's how these guys that this movie's about um, are able to get to such a high score because this movie's about... One billion points because Nibbler at the time I believe is the only game that ever only arcade game from the eighties that that went to a billion points 
And because everything else went to like, what was it? A uh, hundred million or whatever. Yeah. Something like that. Nine, 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 nine. Yeah. So um, there was a guy named Tim McVeigh who lives, who lived in, uh, uh, what was it? Atumna, Atumwa, Iowa. And this is where, this is the home of the Twin Galaxies Arcade, which I guess is the world's most popular arcade from the 80s. You know, it's run by a guy named uh, Walter Day, who's become some kind of a Zen Buddhist <laughs> kind of guy. Um, and this this is uh, actually, I think it was the Mr. Day and the arcade, whoever else runs the arcade with him, they came up with the whole record keeping system for video games, you know, so, you know, and they, they're the ones that go over and validate, you know, which records are, are true and which ones are not, you know. And so anyway, Tim McVeigh won, or I'm sorry, he got the highest score on this game called um, fucking Nibbler, right? right. And he got over a billion points, which it resets the whole damn score, the scoreboard. It goes down back to zero, right? Um, he got just over a billion, and it took him about almost two days. It took him like uh, it took him like forty uh, something hours to play to to get to that score. And how he was able to achieve that was, besides he was young and had no responsibilities at the time when he broke the record, was that. He built up so many lives that he could go take breaks, like, you know, go take a piss, go to, you know, take a, like a quick, like 10 minute nap or go eat something. And he would do that because of all the lives he built up. I remember this game. Robotron. Holy shit. I totally forgot about it. Forgot um, the fucking Hulk guys running yeah. around killing them. And, uh, damn, that's like fucking overload, dude. Uh, oh, it came out in 2084, huh? Yep. <laughs> um, it was the, what's so cool about this movie is not the game itself because the game nibbler itself and they talk everyone talks about the game in this movie they don't like it the only person who really seems to like this game is McVeigh himself because he, he got pissed off that of how everyone talks shit about nibbler and says what the fuck is nibbler you know he got tired of it you know after he won this record and he won this record as a kid in the 80s and he even won his own nibbler arcade uh you know game for home which then he didn't want because he already fucking played it. He already broke the world record or created the world record. So what was the point of having it at home? Right. You don't want to play it anymore. So he ended up selling it. And he actually later on that plays into the film because he, um, you know, he ends up needing it later and he doesn't have it. Um, but with technology, you're able to get boards and, you know, hook them up to other shit now and stuff like that. You know, like the X closet or whatever the fuck they call them. Yeah. The, uh, X arcade. Yeah. So anyway, um, the, the what was cool about this movie is it goes into the history about the game and all the people that have tried to break its records and and personal stuff about McVeigh and a couple of other people that are involved with with his life and stuff and and when it gets to the points where he decides to come back and and reclaim his record because what happened was there was a kid in um, in the 80s also who uh, in Italy named uh, I believe it was Enrico Enrico Zanetti mm-hmm. and he broke um, he broke uh, McVeigh's record like right after he did it. Well, at the time, there was no proof to show how he broke the record, right? So uh, Walter Day from the Twin, you know, Galaxy Arcades, he didn't acknowledge it as as an actual re- record, right? Right. Well, eventually, at near the end of the film, they actually do. Um, they had they said they had enough evidence from newspaper clippings and stuff like that from Italy to that they finally approved it and and they they actually qualified it as a record. But by that time, it wasn't a the it wasn't the high score anymore. Um, but anyway. McVeigh, this 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 movie, even though it came out in 2015, they started filming this documentary all the way back, I think, uh, from like 2007, and they use a lot of uh, archival footage from the the local uh, you know TV station and stuff like that, um, and commercials and whatever. And uh, when 
McVeigh, <laughs> God, I think look at the clothes people wore back then. Uh, when McVeigh um, has decides to get his record back, um, that's when the movie gets really um, entertaining because you see that this guy, these guys are, and they call themselves this. They call themselves athletes because even though they're not going to the gym, they're not you know doing all this kind of conditioning that you would normally see with like you know Olympians and shit like that. They have to do other things because. They're taking what they do to an extreme level that most human beings can't do. They go past the level of of endurance, right? They, you know, for them to be able to stand at this game for two fucking days without any sleep, without anything, um, most human beings couldn't handle it. And so, when it shows him and the fatigue and and just all the distractions and all this stuff, you feel it with him at times, you know. And then when he, but when he gives up, you fucking you get pissed off because there's there's a few times where he's going for to get. His record back right and he fucking quits like when he's really close like he's really fucking close to getting back there and then he quits he's like i'm done i'm just fucking i'm done i'm fucking done and he walks away and then it shows the lives slowly running out like I, even a half hour after he's walked away the lives are running out slowly <laughs> right and he can come back at any fucking time and it, but he's done he's just completely done up here mentally and and yeah, and you're just like it's the it's you know Peter Griffin, oh right, it's just and that that's what's entertaining about the movie. I'm done here at Ellis, you know, and he and there's people and, and no one's trying to beat him down. Everyone, even people that are trying to beat his record or have broken his record, um, like this guy who lives across the country named Dwayne Richard, um, who's this weird fucking uh uh Jonathan uh, Davis looking guy from Corn. He looks exactly like like a dirtier version of him. Okay, um, he he's kind of wacky and 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 off. He's offbeat. Which is kind of cool because you know we need more people like that in this world because most people are just fucking boring you know they're they're oatmeal but um, this guy breaks the record and he does it in record time and what happens is they end up not qualifying it they disqualify the record because even though he kept full rec- um, video of it and everything um, his there was something different about his uh, his motherboard or his chipboard or something that made the game run faster than normal yeah um, I was reading a little bit uh, on the Wikipedia before you started to do your your um review. Yeah. And what happened is, is that the motherboard had a had a glitch. Yeah. There was a problem with one of the processors. Yeah. So what happened is is that he went and replaced it and it somehow overclocked the board mm-hmm. without ruining the motherboard in and of itself. Yeah. So he could he the game progressed through levels a lot quicker. And so he was able to get to the record score in record time, like thirty five hours instead of forty two or whatever. And so then that I mean you take seven hours away from all that fatigue that you get from doing 42 hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why he was able to get the record. But luckily, I mean, at first he was like, what the fuck? But then um, Richard's character, he he understood why. And he, he, he um, you know, he backed away. He didn't try to force the issue because he's like, dude, I'm not, I didn't cheat. I didn't fucking cheat at all. So there's no big deal with this. Fuck it. I, he goes, I know what I did. I still got a billion fucking points regardless. Right. He goes, I got a billion points. I just got it quicker. So whatever. So he's got an asterisk or whatever with his shit. Um, but... Just to see, like, I mean, it's this fat guy, you know, it's this fat guy who just works on things and he's got a regular, you know, boring life and he's got a, you know, a supportive, supportive wife and all this stuff. You know, it, it's just cool to see that this is his moment of glory. Like nothing else in his life is is anything special, but this is the one thing that he can claim. And so he comes back and he fucking does it. I don't know how he fucking did it, but he broke his record. He broke everyone else's record that ever got there and he walked away. He was finally happy. Like it's kind of like that pitcher who threw his final game and he felt he felt his arm give. Right. And he's done. He knows he's done. He's not. He doesn't care about anyone else coming back and breaking his record. 
he's just said it now and he's completely done. And that's how this ends because then it shows it shows other people afterwards. Like it started because of what he did. It inspired other people in like Japan and other places because of the internet to try to break the record too. And so there's there's other people that, that have broken his record since then. And it's like holy fuck, dude. How I, look, I understand commitment to shit. I do. I, I get it. But it's fucking nibbler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you really want to? But still, regardless, it, it's entertaining and it's definitely worth seeing. I really liked uh, Man vs. Snake, the, uh, the uh, what is it called? The, the Long and Twisted Tale of Nibbler. Entertaining. It's on Netflix. I uh, I was watching Electra Lutz, Lux. <laughs> Electric sluts. <laughs> yeah, there isn't much about the plot here. Um, no, not at all. <laughs> There's, it's it's a paragraph. Uh, yeah, it's it's a weird movie. Yeah, in that there doesn't seem to really be a narrative to the story. Okay, it starts off with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and, and it goes like through these three different things, three different. Um, three different things. Three different storylines. Okay, but they intersect? Yeah. So it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt talking about his favorite porn star, Electra Lux. Lux, okay? And how she he, he's trying to go through her entire life story. But as he's recording this, like he's doing this for a video blog, yeah. you know? And as he's recording this, he gets interrupted consistently, either by his mother, by his sister who wants to be like a like a stripper, okay, you know, for for his blog, <laughs> and, he, and he fucking can't stand it, or by a girlfriend that he likes, you know, and uh, apparently he he faints whenever uh, sex is is about to happen, yeah, which is kind of funny, but that's that's all interspersed with this story of Electra Lutz, Lux, yeah, I keep saying Lutz, where she is, um, I don't know if she's a retired porn star. But she's a porn star, okay? Yeah. And she's trying to make a living teaching sex classes to housewives. And that's where we open up with her as she's teaching in a church of all places, you know? And one of, as she's going along talking about, you know, being open and enjoying in sex and, you know, answering questions like, you know, hey, I'm really quiet while, while we're having sex. And, and, and Carla Gugino is always saying, you know, you got to be pretty much open, you know, be loud, be be obnoxious. It's yeah. sex. Have fun, right? Be carnal. Yeah. And at one point, <laughs> she's she's this one this girl is talking to her and she's she she's afraid to ask questions and and the whole thing comes down to they're having sex and she wants this guy to bust a nut on her on her face. Okay. Money and shot. he does. But because there's something wrong with her eye, apparently she's blind in one eye now. Okay. Because he he shot a load into her, uh, into her eye, and she also got like glue in it for some reason. I don't know. They were having some weird freaky sex. Okay. But the whole thing is really never fucking explained. Okay. And uh, <laughs> and it and it moves on from there, where she ends up going to like a bar. Right. She ends up going to a bar and meet a friend, and she meets up with and she sees Adrian Pilecki's character, who is also a porn star. Right. Yeah. And the weird intersection is, is that they work together. Okay. And then it goes off to like Adrian Pilecki's story, where she and this other girl it's are like in Sin City. Yeah. Like Adrian Adrian Pilecki's character is no longer in porn because she she did something to get fired. You'll never work in this town again, type of thing. Right. Okay. So now she's an escort living in Mexico. <laughs> you know, okay. or they're, they're vacationing in Mexico with her girlfriend. Um, hold on a second. That's um. Uh, Bambi Lindbergh, played by Emmanuel Shriqui. Shri- 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 
Chiriqui. Yeah, Chiriqui. 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 <laughs> and they, 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 they're in, they're in Mexico, hanging out with each other, and they're they're about to go on a date, you okay. know, with these these uh, uh, what do you call them? These investors, these capital investors, right? And again, none of it makes any sense <laughs> because it's just like four different stories all kind of crammed together. And then we keep we then, then it comes back to Electra Lutz, who is hired by a friend of a friend or, or an associate to follow and to seduce this associate's husband so that she can catch him in the act and whatever else and make their life a little bit better, right? Yeah. So as as they're sitting there drinking, uh, the girl ends up taking some pills, you know, like to relax or whatever, and she gets way too relaxed. So Lux has to bring her home. So she brings her home to the, the girl's apartment. Hold on, I got to figure out who the fucking girl is. <laughs> uh Mary Shelton, Cora, that's who it is. And as as the scene goes on, so she brings the girl to back to her apartment, back to she brings Cora back to Cora's apartment, okay? And puts her into the bathtub and turns on the water. And then they have kind of a conversation where, you know, again, it, it means nothing, but as as the story is moving along, Electra feels that she's fine enough to, you know, leave the apartment without Cora dying, you know, drowning in water or whatever. Yeah. So she leaves, and that's when Timothy Oliphant comes into, oh, I'm sorry. Now it comes. So what's going on is this Cora person has these missing lyrics to songs that were written about Electrolux by um, Josh Brolin's character, Nick Chappell, which you never see in the movie. Okay, but you see pictures of him. Yeah. So what's going on is that these are missing songs that the record label has been looking for and they want to make music out of them. But now Electra has them in her hands. Okay. So she's in order for her to get these the, the song, the songs from her ex-husband or her dead husband, um, she has to seduce Cora's husband, who's played by Justin Kirk, okay, or fiance. And I don't know why. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Because it doesn't happen. Well, she ends up getting the, 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 the lyrics anyways. And as she's leaving, she sees Timothy Oliphant. And she mistakes Timothy Oliphant's character for this for this, this chorus fiance. Yeah. So she seduces him, brings her up to the brings him back to the apartment and fucks him <laughs> while she, while the girl is in, in the uh in the bathroom, right? Okay. You know, sleeping one off. So to play it all off, Electra or Carla, her character goes, oh, I got to go to the bathroom after, you know, sex. She's like, oh my God, there's someone in the bathroom, right? And so they all end up in the same bedroom and, and as as Electra's saying, hey, you know, I've, I've completed our part of the bargain. Give me give me the lyrics. Timmy the Elephant's like, I'm not her fiance. Uh -huh. I'm, a, you know, and he's like, I'm a fucking private detective and I'm looking for these, I'm looking for the lyric sheets, which you seem to have. And he <laughs> takes them from her, right? Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much where the story goes with that whole thing. And then it cuts back to Joseph Gordon-Levitt again, where he's doing this whole documentary on Electrolux. This movie is fun to watch. I'm not going to give a fucking breakdown into the whole thing. Adrian Pilecki plays a complete ditz. Yeah. Carla Gugino is fucking great in this movie. Mm -hmm. Timothy Oliphant is always good. Yeah. Delwood Butterworth. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he starts off with an accent and then, like, loses the accent. <laughs> okay. But it works. It works because 
it's not it doesn't take itself seriously. Okay. Yeah, it does have adult film actors in it. But you don't see them walking around showing their cocks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> What's really cool is at the end of the movie, they actually have a trailer that they put together mm-hmm. called even uh was it even reverse cowgirls get the blues? Yeah, even reverse cowgirls get the blues. <laughs> it's a spaghetti western spoof, you know, of Electra's farewell film. We get to see Carla Gugino talk to quote unquote her sister, which is alluded to that she had an incestual affair with during a movie. So that was kind of funny. Um, so uh, her sister's in jail for for whatever. Uh-huh. Um, Julianne Moore plays the Virgin Mary. I mean, the list is the, the list of actors in this movie is fucking amazing. Yeah, it was made for well, like a hundred grand or some shit like that. The first movie was made for fifty thousand dollars, so it wasn't that much more. But you have Carlo Gugino or Gugino, Timothy Oliphant, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Malin Ackerman, Adrian Pilecki, Emmanuel Trichy, Emma Bell, who you said was um, she played somebody in some movie. Uh, shit. I can't remember. You just said it, like, earlier. Mary well, Shelton. Emmanuel Treaky. <laughs> she was, I believe she was the love interest for Adam Sandler and You Don't Mess With His Own. Oh, hand. that's right. Okay. Uh, Josh Brolin, Kathleen Quinlan, um, who plays Rebecca Lindbrook, uh, who's a writer. And at the end of the movie, this Rebecca Lindbrook shows up at Electra's apartment and says, hey, you know, I'm a writer and I really like your stuff. We can make this into a book. And she becomes a, a world famous author, yeah. right? And Joseph Gordon-Levitt's, you know, is the one that, that she, she starts having baby pains. Okay. You know, <laughs> baby pains. Good job, Mike. <laughs> She's about to give birth, so Gordon- yeah, labor pains. And, and, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's her biggest fan, is there, and he grabs her and says, We're, you know, let's, I'm going to take you to the hospital, let's go have this baby type of thing, right? Okay. So, and not only is he good, he's, he's friends with her. He's not just, you know, a fan, he's friends with Carla's character. Um. You have Christine Lakin, Julianne Moore, and a whole bunch of other people. Uh, Eric Stoltz, who was in a deleted scene. Um, I can't say enough good things about this movie because it's quirky. Uh-huh. Uh, it's funny as shit. Timothy Oliphant plays a great character. Um, it's just odd. It's an odd duck movie. Okay. Um, but worthwhile. Completely worth watching. Okay. And I thought that this movie was going to just be complete shit. Yeah. I'm like, there's a, I have to watch this movie called Electrolux, you know, because it's got Carla Gugino in it and fucking she was in Sin City and she's hot as shit. Yeah. And there is a, this is, this is the middle part of a trilogy. Yeah. There is another movie out there. Uh, it's called Women in Trouble. And that was the first movie. It was made for $50,000. It's uh it it stars the same people Carla Adrian Pilecki Marley Shelton Cameron Richardson Connie Britton and Emmanuel Shrieky. <laughs> it was shot in ten days. If you look at the poster, it looks like one of those cheap seventies um nurses in trouble type Risque. movies. Risque. Yeah. Yeah. What happens when you have hot chicks who dress as nurses? You have nurses in trouble. Um, Caged heat. But here here the whole thing starts off basically as the same movie, which is porn star Electra Lux discovers she's pregnant, leaving her doctors off. She gets stuck in an elevator, and basically this is uh, uh, what happens in the regular movie. She gets stuck in an elevator with some guy, you know, during the movie who she gives life advice to about his girlfriend cheating on her. 
uh, sister to Addie. Addie has recently started taking her daughter Charlotte to see her therapist while secretly using the visit to sleep with the therapist's husband. Upon finding out about her husband's secret, Charlotte, with Charlotte, Maxine rushes out and gets, you can't even understand what the fuck is this fucking plot <laughs> that this person wrote is awful. Looks like it came out a year before the uh, la- the the one you watched for Electrolux. Yeah. But basically, this Women in Trouble is the first of uh, two films. They're trying to make a third film with the same exact cast. And there's, again, you have Elizabeth Berkley in the first film. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt returns. Xander Berkley, Josh Brolin, uh, Garcelle Beauvoir, Nylon. So he's alive in the first movie, but he's- Yeah, he he's, dies. He's dead in the second one. Yeah, at some point. So it's um, this Sebastian Gutierrez guy. Yeah, there's something about him. Uh-huh. There's something about this guy. Look him up. Yeah, I'm going to. Uh, Snakes on a Plane. He wrote <laughs> Snakes on a Plane, Gothica, The Eye, and The Big Bounce. Gothica was not a great movie, but it did have moments to it. Yeah. Uh, he wrote he wrote and directed one of the first motion pictures made expressly for internet distribution called Girl Walks Into a Bar with Carla, mm-hmm. Rosario Dawson, Danny DeVito, Josh Hartnett. I mean, come on. Robert Ford. How the fuck does he get all these people? Yeah. He's almost an unknown, but he works with a whole bunch of the same characters. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Go back Go back to the top there. Okay. Remember what I said when you were describing the movie, how it reminded me of Sin City? Yeah. Look, Gugino, Dawson- uh, Hartnett and Bladell. Uh huh. All of those people were in there. Yeah. So There's maybe he's. Kind of, yeah. Maybe he's knows somebody that knows somebody. Rufus Sewell. Yeah. Who is Lucifer? And then Robert Forster was in it too. Robert Forster was in a Tarantino film. Yeah. It's like they're all connected. Connected. Well, he wrote, you know, Judas Kiss. I don't, I've heard of that. Three I've never Days seen in it. Havana. Master of None. Wedding Bell Blues. So what's the last thing he did? He hasn't well, done anything in four Hotel years. Hotel Noir. Uh, three three days in Havana. Oh, producer. So what, yeah, what the fuck has he been doing lately? Oh well, he's dating actress Carla Gugino too. Oh well, there you go. All right, so so that's why that's why he's able to get all these people is because of his connection with Carla. But that's okay. It's it's he's obviously got a talent. He's uh, I wouldn't say he's a great writer. But the people that he surrounds himself with can really chew up the scenes. Yeah, you know, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt or Carla or whoever else. You know, it's it works. Yeah. So if he still continues to make, you know, fucking these fifty thousand dollar, hundred thousand dollar films. With well, yeah, with good actors in them. And you know, well, he wrote Snakes on a Plane. That fucking movie just made a ton. So yeah, <laughs> he didn't write the line though. Motherfucking snakes on a motherfucking. Yeah, they plane. actually went back and filmed that because uh, people on the internet kept pushing to have that line in there. Yeah, sixty-two million bucks. <laughs> CG in that was bad. But that's okay. I know. Movie made money. Damn, that movie came out ten fucking years ago. Yep. Damn. Anyways, so that's what time. I got. The, those are that's that's the uh, the the flick of the week. So you like it because it's offbeat and it doesn't it doesn't go in the traditional way that most Hollywood films go. Yeah, okay. it actually keeps your interest. You have to watch the movie yeah. to understand what's going on. You can't just put it on in the background. Is it is it R rated? Yes. Is it or is it very R rated? Um, no, it's probably a hard R. Uh-huh. Uh, because you see boobs. Yeah. But not not a lot of boobs, uh-huh. and there's sex. But you don't really see. Okay, so it's not like an unrated type shit. Yeah, you're not, you're not seeing full frontal. It's not NC seventeen. Yeah. Type shit. Yeah, okay. you're not seeing. It's not. It's not Deadpool hard R. <laughs> okay, like the Deadpool strip club yeah. scene. It's not that. It's you know, it's it's a medium R. Okay. Where you know, yeah, there's sex, but you don't really like I said, you don't see 
You don't see boobs and dicks. I got you. All right. So, um, all right. So, Electra Lux. I uh, only got a couple things to, entertainment-wise to talk about this time. Unless okay. you want to talk about something else. Uh, first thing was, and I, you remember this more than I do, because I saw this like two weeks ago or longer. Officer Down. Officer Down. Uh, based on a 2010 uh, graphic novel or series of graphic novels. Right. Um, comic. You know, comic book. Um, it stars Kim Coates. Who I, I love Kim Coates. Um, you know, I brought him up in my Waterworld review because he's, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, Sons of Anarchy played yeah, Tiggs. Last Boy Scout. And yeah, um, great character actor. Um, he plays Officer Down. You know, and, you know, with an E on the end of it. And he pretty much is this badass fucking cop that uh, comes back as a zombie, right? Not really a zombie, but yeah. Yeah. And then so, dude, I, like I said, I I saw the trailer weeks and weeks ago. He is resurrected. And he can die, but they just keep bringing him back. They bring him back. Okay. Yeah. There's like this this superhero agent. It's the same thing like within Deadpool, you know. Yeah. Where they have this secret government laboratory. Yeah. And you know. So is it? It's kind of like Dead Heat. You remember that movie from yeah. like '87 or '88? Do you know how many fucking times I watched that movie? No. Holy shit! I remember I told you like in the '80s I used to stay at the movie theater all day. Yep. And just watch it over and over. Dead Heat was one of them. How did I, you not get caught? They didn't give a shit at the time because it was so cheap to get in anyway. They didn't give a shit. The only time we ever really got caught was when we snuck into an R-rated film that was um that had just come out, like uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven, the New Blood one with the psychic chicks, uh-huh. telekinesis chick, um, Laura Park Lincoln. Fucking got caught in that one. I had to keep like sneaking into other th- um into other seats while they were checking people's tickets in the theater and shit. Right. Um. But yeah, otherwise, no, people that also because the theaters that we used to go to were really big, you know, and they were more like uh, cathedrals or something, you you know, and uh, you it was easier to hide. I mean, I know I was a fat kid, but it was I, I didn't stay out in the open. You know, we were always in a theater. Right. So usually people didn't people usually didn't notice. So it was fine. You know, and food was really cheap back then, too. So I guess they figured if you're there all day and you spend four bucks on hot dogs and whatever else, you know, hey, they're making their money, right? Okay. So, but yeah, I, I mean, dude, I would stay there all goddamn day. And Dead Heat, I, I don't know how the fuck I love this movie when it was new because I saw it a few, like two or three years ago, and it's fucking horrible. That movie's horrible. How the fuck did I like that movie, Mike? I don't know. <laughs> but we're not talking about that. We're talking about goddamn fucking I know. Officer Down. I know, but th- that's what the premise reminds me of is Dead Heat. But now it's just with one cop instead of two. Right. Yeah. Oh. Here's the Wikipedia. Yeah, it's got oh, a- Oh, it's uh, directed by Sean Crayon, who is uh, from Slipknot, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it is- um, It had just came out on the, the 18th in the limited release. Like, the nearest one to us- Sam Witwer. The, lim- the nearest one to us is like 75 miles away. And there's only one more showing. And it's tomorrow. It's on, you know, the Wednesday, the 23rd. And that's it. I don't think it's even showing here anymore. Sam Witwer uh, was uh, most famous for The Force Unleashed. He is the main character from Force Unleashed. Yeah, nobody knows that. Everybody knows that he does Darth Maul and Cartoon Network, Star Wars, The Clone Wars. He also plays Emperor Palpatine and uh, Darth Maul in Star Wars Rebels. Oh, voice is one thing, but yeah, I'm talking about his likeness. Because The Force Unleashed, when it came out, was a very popular game. Yeah, nobody knows that. Oh, yeah. No nobody one. knows that fucking Sam Witwer. He does a lot of voiceover stuff. Yeah. He also did the... Uh, he's also in The Walking Dead. Um, I th- He was in the first episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Shit. He was a fucker in the tank, huh? Yep. God damn it, Joe. I should know that shit. I, I definitely remember him in The Mist. Um, I didn't miss that. Uh, anyway, so what else about this uh, this movie? 
What do you mean? What else about this movie? Talk you mean Officer Down? Yeah. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I know, but I saw the fucking uh, deceased police officer is resurrected. Rec- <laughs> God, good job, Mike. Resurrected from the dead to continue his war on crime. Oh uh, yeah, it, it came out on the 18th. Very very limited release. Uh, it's oh, made it's an image comic. Okay. It's made 470 dollars so far. 470 bucks. Yeah. Which, Fuck. That, look, if this was out near us, we'd go fucking see it, wouldn't we? Yes. Yes, we fucking would. Just like when uh, Wolf Cop came out, you know? Wolf Cop 2 is coming out. Oh, is it going to come out here? Because like I said- I don't know. Because <laughs> Officer Down was in like a place called Roxette or some shit. I don't even know where the fuck it is. The Roxette Theater, it's like 75 miles from here, and that was, that was it. Um, Yeah. I. You know, it's like, fuck, why isn't a movie like this showing up at Tower Theater or something? I- all right, a hard-nosed Los Angeles police officer is routinely resurrected from the dead by advanced motherfuckers medicine so he can continue his fight against the seedy criminal underworld city. Un- underworld city? Under- God. What is going on with you? I cannot talk tonight. Are you tongue full of like Stanley Thorpe? Sean has been directed this action film, which was adapted from a 2010 graphic novel by Joe Casey, if you can understand that. Okay. Anyways. Um, if I look up Joe Casey, it'll probably give me some information. Man of action. Look at that fucking mustache. That's pretty fucking impressive. <laughs> I still can't grow a mustache, man. Joe Casey. Uh, he's part of the comic creator group Man of Action Studios. Casey's one of the creators of the animated series Ben 10. Oh, he, and he wrote, he created, a, or he wrote Cable. Yeah, Wildstorm, uh, Automatic Kafka. Wildcats, Mr. Majestic, uh, and uh, the Adventures of Superman. Let's see. He revamped the original Youngblood. Uh, Liefeld. With uh, Liefeld called Maximum Youngblood, as well as discussing the Is end of Godland. Uh, hold on a second. I'm trying to find. Yeah. So Officer Down is based on Joe Casey's comic and is quote-unquote in development but i would really like to find the fucking comic yeah apparently it's in very limited release because it's not really showing up a whole lot on the internet here does the film not the fucking comic yep wow he's written a lot of shit hip flask battle pope young blood fantastic comics here it is (sighs) (laughs) i just want to see what the fucking comic looks like god damn it (laughs) there we go it's like a fucking toy. He looks like um, he looks like one of the guys from YMCA, uh, the Village People. It's like if Sergeant Slaughter was like a like one of those big Max toys for. Your... Did you see the cool upside down the pentagram on his shoulder? Yeah, yeah. Because if you look at the movie poster, oh, damn. If you look at the movie poster, that's what um the the shape of everything is in the is in uh, the upside down uh, star. Damn, that is graphic. <laughs> There's a sword in that guy's butt. Oh, Ooh. huh. I wonder who that is. <laughs> Let me see. You have Kick Ass. Mm-hmm. You have some dude in a purple tracksuit and a dead lion. Uh, you got a vulture. And you have like the mummy or basket case or whatever. This is pretty fucking violent. Looks horrible. Like horrific. All right. Scissor kicking him in the tits. Yeah, this is going to be a fucking violent as shit film. Yeah, he looks a lot bigger than Kim Coates. <laughs> Didn't he? Yeah. He looks like Hulk body. Yeah, he's... Ooh, he's, look at that picture with his side ca- carved out on the left. That In one? the middle, no, down, with his side carved out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's fucking brutal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Kim Coates looks like the dude. He looks like him, but he, he's I don't not, know, maybe they need to put some buff prosthetics on him. Yeah. 
They even have <laughs> they have they have a fucking custom action figure for him. Fuck you. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I want to see it, man. I just don't know when we're going to be able to, and I doubt we'll be able to see it in theaters. So unless there's some super buzz that comes out that, that pumps it up, it should. I mean, come on, guys. Off here, officer. Off here. Down. Uh... So far, there's only three uh, user reviews for the movie on uh, IMDb. Yeah. Movie Pilot says. Is the comic book movie you didn't know you needed? Box office four hundred seventy dollars. <laughs> Robocop without the soul. Really? Robocop without the soul. I don't really. Here we go. Showtimes dot com. Well, there is no fucking. Uh, let's look. Sunrise. It's playing at Sunrise Theater. What? Well, my Fandango fucking lied to me. It's playing at Century Roseville. That. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> what movie is that supposed to be for? I I I looked up fucking. There's no way it's showing at at the fucking drive-in. There's no way that Officer Down is showing at the fucking drive-in, dude. That's got to be for another movie. Here, uh, um, yeah, they don't even have it listed. Yeah, why are you getting people's hopes up, man? Yeah, it's not even fucking playing. It's not even Fuck fucking, you! It's not even spelled right. Yeah, see, that's a different. No, that's a... uh, whatever. Fucking twats. <laughs> That's a funny word. Twat. I love twat. I bet you do. Twit. Yeah, just hard out there. All right. Anyways. No, you cannot. I just want to see where it's fucking playing. Showtime's near me. Hey, Mike. What? How do you feel about Kanye West's breakdown? I don't care. I nah, me neither. <laughs> all right. Anyways, that's all I got. All right. So, um, one more thing. Um, uh, uh, the Cars Three teaser trailer came out, and look, I, I already talked about before about how much I hated Part Two, uh, and how I love Part One because it, if you actually give the movie a chance, it, you can see what the the purpose of the film is, and it's to be, uh, it's an homage to driving, you know, driving movies and and stuff like that, it, you know cross country and and enjoying the 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 scenery and stuff like that love of that sure this new trailer even though it doesn't show anything except lightning mcqueen wrecking and that it says everything's going to change the 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 thing i'm getting about it is this is the the vibe i'm getting from it besides the animation looking really fucking good i mean it looks awesome it doesn't look cartoony it looks just badass. All right. Okay. Um, what I the gist I'm getting from it is is that the movie's gonna go away from the serious the, the the I'm sorry not the 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 cartoony playfulness of part two and try to go back to something more with the first one. Thank you, Chewy. <laughs> and so, and I hope it does. I really. I mean, because. I don't know. You know what? I, I personally, I don't even think they really need to make another fucking Cars movie. But since they are, you know, I mean, they can do whatever they want. They're a multi-billion-dollar company, so yeah, fuck, it. fuck you. Yeah, do whatever. Who who are you to say what they can and can't do? Who are you to criticize? Yeah, jerk. <laughs> so it's probably like you're getting paid for. It. But I'll tell you what, the trailer, the teaser trailer looks really good, and yeah, I uh, I hope that uh, when a when a full-on trailer comes out and shows what the movie's about. I think it's going to be about Lightning McQueen. You really think that they're going to show a trailer that's not going to tell you what the movie's about? Oh, you know they will. Um, I think, me personally, from what I get from it, is that Lightning McQueen is going to be damaged beyond repair, and he's going to take the uh, Paul Newman role from the first movie, and then and they'll probably end up being a mentor or something to someone else. That's the, that's what I think. What do you think? Lightning McQueen to Lightning McReynolds? Lightning Strikes Twice? <laughs> 
They're, they're going to have a, a Trans Am as Burt Reynolds. Hmm. Well, I, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Call him the Bandit. Lightning McQueen, you know, Steve McQueen, Burt Reynolds. Possibly. I don't Fuck off. Me. Who cares? I know. So, bad anyway, joke. so for Flicks of the Week, a couple of average Joes, I am Joe Spiegel. Okay. That's it. We're done. We're spent. Good night. Bye. Good show. Jolly good show. Jolly good show indeed. Hakuna Matata, bitches. Please share the podcast. The more people that listen, the better off we are. Thanks again. For more great podcasts and my movie reviews, don't forget to visit www.acoupleofaveragejoes.com. This is the end. It's the end. Finito! The end, I tell you! We're all going to nibble the dust! Or go fuck yourself.